was up all night praying with this kind of rumble in my heart um, of vexation about uh, the Black Lives Movement and the protesters uh, being um, tear gassed and stuff and shot at and harassed and arrested uh, in Portland. Um, so I began looking at black people in the Bible and reminding me of what the Bible has to say about black people. Uh, the Bible is very respectful about the names it calls people. It doesn't use slang, it doesn't use derogatory words, it calls people, you know, Moabites, Samaritans, Egyptians. Um, and it doesn't really talk about skin color um, too much. It does, like Lamentations 510, our skin was black like an oven because of the terrible famine. Or Job 30.30, my skin is black upon me and my bones are burned with heat. There's a particularly beautiful um, description of black skin in Song of Solomon's 1.5. I am black but comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. Look not upon me, because I am black, because the sun hath looked upon me. The NIV uh, version says, um, I am black and I am beautiful. And I, I kind of like that translation better. And I think this is significant because Song of Solomon is a love poem. It's a poem that talks about um, this really hot romance between Solomon, who has this farmer tan going on, and this beautiful dark-skinned woman. And there's all these innuendos of the kind of sex that they're having that I could never figure out because they're like heaps of wheat and deer prancing on hills and stuff like that. But uh, it was really debated whether or not this piece of this book of the Bible belonged in the Bible in the first place. Um, the reason it, it is there is because it's said to be an allegory of the intertwined loving relationship between uh, God and his people, uh, between Jesus and the bride of Christ. And I find it significant that this image of the people of God, of the bride of Christ, is a beautiful, beautiful, black-skinned woman. If you're um, going to meet actual black people in the Bible, you probably should look up the word Ethiopian. And the first place that it brings you is Numbers 12.1. And Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Uh, Miriam and Aaron kind of got in trouble with God because they were backbiting and undermining Moses' uh, authority um, and harassing his wife. And um, Aaron kind of got off the hook. Miriam got struck with leprosy. Bad deal. Um, in Jeremiah 38.7, there's an Ethiopian man who rescues a prophet, uh, Abimelech the Ethiopian, um, served a conquering king, and um, 
Jeremiah had been thrown into a sewage pit as a way of executing him because the conquered king didn't like Jeremiah telling him that he was going to be conquered. Um, Abimelech, a servant to the, the conqueror, uh, went out of his way to save Jeremiah from um, neck deep sewage. And I'm sure Jeremiah was thankful, but he probably still was annoying and whiny about it. Because that's who Jeremiah was. And in Acts 8.27, there's a particularly interesting scripture. New Testament. Um, and an angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go towards the south into the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. Then he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all of her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Esaias the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And the the scripture goes on, and Philip explains the scriptures that this man's wrestling with, and um, brings him to salvation through Jesus. So this is a New Testament um, example of God looking down on this one man and going, you matter, and I want a close relationship with you. New Testament, a black life matters to God. You never find anything uh, in the Christian Bible that is like Second uh, Nephi 5 in the Book of Mormon, which says, Because of their unbelief, the Lamanites were cursed, received a skin of blackness, and became a scourge to the Nephites. The Bible doesn't say that black skin is evil or ugly. It doesn't um, make people of less value because of, of their skin. Um, the Ethiopians do have a history as an enemy of the people of Israel, but they're this far-off enemy that attacked once or twice and maybe sent mercenaries a couple of times. Um, they're not, they're, they're a fringe this, of this exotic, edge-of-the-world people. And so, I think it's bizarre the white supremacy movement tend to be people who have a Bible tucked under their arm. Then again, John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, he got became a Christian when he was young, in his 20s, and he became a slave captain after he became a Christian. He brutalized black people for years as a Christian. And it wasn't until he was older and God had had a lot of time to work on his heart that he became an abolitionist, that, uh, that he wrote Amazing Grace. It was years after. Um, it takes time for God to move and change us, I think. Joel 2.6 Before their face the people shall be much pained, while faces shall gather blackness. I know I'm taking this out of context, but it would be nice 
if we would all gather blackness, if we could all feel um, an empathy and compassion for what it's like to be a black person. I don't think that much has changed since the days of Martin Luther King and when he said, hey, we can't get a hotel room. Hey, we aren't getting good education. I have a dream. I want my kids to be the same as everyone else's kids. In um, Jeremiah 13:23, it says, Can an Ethiopian change his skin? Or a leopard his spots? And this is one of those questions that answers itself. The obvious answer is no. We know it's no. I can't change that I am a pale-faced, pointy-nosed female primate. And you can't change who you are. And my cat can't change that he's a cat. And... No, an Ethiopian can't change his skin, and no, a leopard can't change his spots. And then the next question is, then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil? And this is also a rhetorical question. The answer is supposed to be no, but there's something in in you that strains against that no and goes, yes, maybe I can change. Yes, I, I I should be able to change because my heart isn't anything as fixed as um, the fact that I have hair. We're all so alike. We all have the same needs. We all breathe air. We all drink water. We all eat food. We all need shelter. We all need to feel safe. We all could use medical treatment and an education. We all want to be respected and accepted into a community and loved. We all want to have a higher purpose in life. We're all so the same that it's sad that we are so divided. I don't understand why we are so divided. 